Scripture today comes from Isaiah 57, 14 through 21. And it shall be said, build up, build up, and prepare the way. Remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would grow faint before me in the breath of life that I made, because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him. I hid my face and was angry. But he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. This is the word of the Lord. Um, this was, this was uh, but Melissa and I were having lunch with uh, a well-known pastor, and uh, we were kind of getting to know each other, and uh, one of his questions uh, to me was, hey, seems innocuous, hey, what kind of movies do you like? And uh, I I said, you know, I I like the movies that are really gritty and real, and uh, they don't have any schmaltz, and they're not sentimental, Um, they're just really authentic but gritty and real. They show the darker side of life. And uh, he thought about it, and he said, "Um, you know, Tim, he said, uh, did you know that kittens and rainbows are real too? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. For something to be authentic, it doesn't mean that it needs to be bad. But like you, if you grew up in the church, you've probably seen in Christian communities, uh, there's this obvious trend to not talk about difficult or ugly things. Uh, I, I, I think the response of maybe, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but uh, if we heard exclusively glowing, beautiful things, if we heard just about kittens and rainbows, we were longing for someone to talk about the uglier side of life. Uh, And so Isaiah 57 is that different sort of promise because when we think of the promises of God, we think of really glowing, beautiful kittens and rainbows. We think of kittens and rainbows. Um, And... and, uh, and so this is kind of crucial for us in Isaiah 57. Um, you know, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're saved by his beautiful work, um, this is interesting, and this is what Isaiah 57 is, that is never, never, never an exemption from suffering. Never is. But it is a deep, deep resource to deal with a lot of trouble. So this is what we're going to talk about. Um, I, I want to talk, uh, what are we dealing with here? When we talk about, you know, suffering, pain, troubles in your life. Um, And then the second part, I just want to look at, like, just from Isaiah 57, there are some really beautiful ways that we can 
deal with pain and suffering. And then there are bad ways that all of us will recognize in our own hearts. We're like, oh yeah, I do that too. And then, uh, and then I, I, I want to see why it is that we can deal with it and why Jesus is the joy to the world, especially for people that are trying to follow God and yet they're experiencing a lot of pain. So this is what, what let's look at what we're dealing with here. Um, we didn't read this part in Isaiah 57. J.D. didn't read it because I didn't ask him to. But, but it's actually from the very first two verses in Isaiah 57 because it kind of sets up the rest. And it says this in verse 1. And, and I think we have a slide here. It says this. The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away. Well, no, no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. Uh, that word perish there is, is an interesting word. It doesn't just mean die, but it means um, a tragic, sudden, unexpected death. That's what the word perish means. Um, I met a guy, this was about a year and a half ago, and uh, it was a budding friendship that mostly by phone, email, and Zoom because we weren't living close together. And um, just two months ago, September 21st, his 23-year-old daughter was, was killed in a car accident. And so he, uh, he wrote this to me recently, just coming out of, well, not even coming out, just able to communicate. Um, and I have his permission to, to say this. Um, I, I won't include everything, but this is an email. He said this. He said, I struggle to talk to God. I don't think I'm angry at him. I'm a little scared of him. I'm not sure he cares as much as I thought he did. And yet, I know theologically and intellectually that he does. I have a new appreciation for praying for God's kingdom to come. I think I'd like that very much and sooner rather than, rather than later. Thank you very much. He doesn't think that God is angry, but he's just a little bit more scared of him. Um, I, if there are favorite funerals that I do, it's of old saints that have this legacy of faithfulness. Um, and there is sadness there, but I, I want to use, um, there's a Scottish um, novelist, uh, Dr. John Brown, and, and he puts it this way. He, he, he's writing about a man sitting by the bedside of his wife who is dying, and he's whispering and singing psalms to her. And John Brown has this beautiful line. I, 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 it just it rings in my head all the time. He said, it was sad, but it was a great deal better than many things that are called not sad. Did you get that? It was sad, but there was a beauty attached to a life and legacy when your grandmom just wears out. But that's not the word here. The word perish here is unexpected tragedy. And Melissa and I have been to funerals of newborns and toddlers and 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds. And that 
is that you have sadness, but you also have a stunned numbness that you never get with your grand. And that's the word that Isaiah uses here. The righteous man perishes. Now let me make it worse for us. This is what we're dealing with. <laughs> um, it says this. It says, devout men are taken away. Devout here is someone who knows and experiences God. In fact, they know God so well in his love that they have begun to extend that kind of love to the people around them. This is a devout man. It's not moral, it's not the moral do-gooder here. This is, what, this is what a devout man is in the Old Testament, especially Isaiah. A devout man is someone who is pals and friends with God. Boom! I'm friends with you and something hard hits. Um, we get a little hint of this. This is in uh, John 11. Uh, Mary from the town of Bethany, sometimes she's commonly called Mary of Bethany, but, but she has the brother Lazarus, and then she sends word to Jesus, and um, there's, that, there's that hint that Lazarus is a devout man because she says this, the one that you love is sick. And he, sometimes he shows up, and then sometimes he doesn't show up. So one of Isaiah's promises, this is in Isaiah 57, and it's not kittens and rainbows. Although kittens and rainbows are real, here's one of his promises in Isaiah 57. Is that um, we, like we're God's people, like we're going to suffer tragedy. I was talking to a woman, this was uh, years ago now, and she was observing another man who had cared for his wife for years and years who had dementia. And so she was talking to me and she says this, she says, I can't believe God allowed such a thing. He was, he's such a good, sweet man. What is she saying? He's devout. Like, why, why that? Um, Isaiah 57, all right, so this is the first point, and it's really huge, is this, is that um, when we're going to go through a lot of pain, what we should remember is say, oh, I was told that that would be a part of the story. I was told that. Okay, here, but how do we deal with it? In good ways and bad ways. Here, verse one, same verse, right? <laughs> um, uh, the righteous man perishes, and no one lays it to heart. So uh, some of you might have a translation where it says, and no one ponders it. I don't know if, if you guys have that. Um, but, but that's kind of the word. What does ponder mean? Um, it means like someone pauses long enough until you just get it. Right? Some of us have been through this. Like, if, if someone gives you a new project or a problem to work through, if this has happened at work or, or other places, um, and you walk into it at first, what is it? All the variables, it just seems like chaos. You're like, what? This is crazy. 
it's chaos and all the players and all the different people and the variables and all the frustrations and all the pitfalls, whatever it is. But after a while, after a while, you have thought about this problem so much because you're the owner of it. You're like, oh, uh, yes, even in all the problems, like I'm beginning to understand what's connected to what and who and all the consequence. Like you just start to get it. That's what he's something. And Isaiah is saying this, like no one sits down when something bad happens to Jesus followers. No one sits down and says, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let it melt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait until I get it. I'm gonna figure this out until I get it. And Isaiah says, we don't do that. Um, do you remember when Jesus is asked by a group of people, uh, it's that question, they see a blind man and they're like, oh, we know he sinned. Or like, and if he didn't sin, then his parents must have been nasty. Right? And they're like, Jesus, which, which one was it? Was it, was, it, was it him that was nasty or was it his parents that were nasty? Like, here's the dilemma. You pick one fork in the road and Jesus goes right through the dilemma and he goes, actually, neither. Like, you don't know the purposes for the glory of God that were with this man. Neither. I had purposes that you didn't know about and no one knows about except my Father in heaven. Um, that's the part of pondering. Um, if you, I, read, I read video game reviews, yes, because I like video games. I'll admit that. I don't care. I don't care. Um, but I read video games, and, and you know, a lot of critics will get mad at a video game when uh, this happens, is they say the storyline or the gameplay was very linear. What does linear mean? Like, it can only really go one way. Sure, will fool you like you have some sort of moral agency and free will, but guess what? The story's going one way and you can only end there. It's not a sandbox world. It's not a free roam everywhere. Guess what? The story's going one way. And this is what I would submit to us, is that we are going to have to give up on a lot of literal one-way thinking when it comes to suffering. And that linear one-way thinking that we have is like, guess what? If I'm good, then only good will happen to me. Or if I'm bad, only bad will happen. That is linear thinking, but it's not scriptural thinking. Right? I want you to consider something. I want you to consider that maybe success, the world defines it, maybe it's a punishment. That's nonlinear thinking. Would you consider it? Would you consider this, is consider that um, the best thing for a person might just be much difficulty. I had breakfast, and this is just new, I had breakfast with a guy uh, uh, yesterday morning, and he's a guy that like challenges my heart a lot. And, um, and so he was, I was telling him about this plans that I, I think I'm gonna do this thing but I don't want to do that thing. You're like, what? Tell me the thing. No, I don't want to tell you the thing. And he goes, and I said, I don't want to do it. And he said, why don't you want to do it? And I said, because I'm frightened to do it. He's a guy I can admit this to. I said, I'm frightened to do this thing. And he said this. He said, Tim, if you want to keep on doing safe things, just know this, is that everything that you're frustrated in yourself and other people to grow will never change. But I'm frightened to do this thing. Guess what? You'll never change if you don't do the thing. So consider that 
difficulty is actually necessary for us to grow. That's nonlinear thinking. And so we expect that maybe some bad things must happen for our good. And ponder that God has amazing purposes in it. But do you ponder it? That's the question that Isaiah says. Do you ponder, do you lay it to heart? Um, verse 15 says this. Um, this is kind of great. Uh, for, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, um, and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit. Okay, let me paraphrase this. You know what God is telling you in, in Isaiah? He's saying, um, yes, it's true. I am super awesome, and I reside in a super awesome baller place. It is high and it is holy. It is separate from you and it is amazing. Yes, you were right. I live in a super awesome, amazing space. <laughs> but, check this out. But there is only one other area, particular specific neighborhood, in a very specific address, in a very specific place and house and locale and person. There's un I, I live in this amazing, awesome, high place, but there's one other place that I reside to. And he says this, two words. It's a place that is filled with contriteness and loneliness. I also live there in a very special, unique way. I, special, awesome, super baller place and also places that are contrite and lowly. Now, this is what I want to do is look at, look at these two words briefly. In Hebrew, do you know what contrite means? It doesn't mean this. Contrite does not mean this. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry I messed up for all those bad things I did. I'm so, that's not contrite. Contrite is this. You are crushed because of all the problems. That's contrite. Contrite means crushed. I am crushed by bad stuff happening. In here, in here, out there, on me, I'm, I'm crushed. I'm sick of it. I'm done. That's contrite. And he goes, I live there, but I don't just live there. I also have to, that has to be met. Contrite has to be met, but I'm only, I can be there if you're crushed. And this second thing has to be met. And he uses the word lowly. Now, this is a word that just means this. It means that um, um, uh, 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 it's a person that doesn't uh, promote self. Like, they're not, they're not always me like, you, we gotta talk about me, it is me, I want more of me. Like, it's, it's just a person. Uh, another way we'd say it was like, this is a humble person, but I think we have conceptions of what humble should look like, so I don't wanna use that word. Let's just talk about a self-promoting, self-interested, self-thinking person. Now, this is why this is really, really weird that it shows up in Isaiah 57. This is so weird to me. Why does, why does contrite crush show up with lowly? Because you know and I know is that these, this doesn't happen. If, when, you meet, when you meet a crushed person, this is it, is rarely do you meet a lowly person. Why? Because the pain is so intense. Do you know what they want to do? Is they want to talk about their pain. Like, I want, to, I want to understand life because of my pain. Listen to my pain. Did you hear about my pain? Yes, this pain. And I'm going to make all of the life revolve around me because I'm hurting. And you owe me stuff. And I don't want to hear about it. I can't do anything. I can't enjoy. I can't serve you. I can't do Because my pain stinks. This is, why, this is why these words don't show up together. You can be crushed, but can you be lowly? 
And God says, I reside in a special place where there's, there's crush and there's not self-interest. I've mentioned this to you guys before in, in like ministry, is that um, when, I've, when, when you run into a person who's been hit, hurt, um, it's, it's hot or cold. Like you don't have to ask the question. You're like, I wonder how that situation affected them. It, no, 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 no. It, people either turn mean, bitter, cruel, or they turn more kind, gentle, and loving. Like, it's hot or cold. Like, people who go through track, people who are crushed, it either, now why is that? Why is it that it's hot or cold and there's no in between and people are just gonna be either mad or they're gonna be more loving? And this is cool, this is great. It's because um, this isn't um, an abstract thought experiment. Do you know what you're doing? Is you're living this with your life. You're living it with your mind, your heart, your physicality. You're living it with your whole person. You're living it. And this is it, is when pain hits, this is what we do, is what we think, what, what is the true center of my life, what we think will fix it and change it and, and cope with it, what it reveals like, oh, this is the center of my life. This is what it says in verse 13. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. Why is it hot or cold? Because it just reveals like, hey, this is what I thought was the center of life, the center of who I am. And Isaiah is saying this is that when the pain enters, all the stuff that I thought was so central I actually don't think it's that central anymore because it can't do anything for how bad I'm hurting. Um, do you remember those t-shirts? Some of old, you older folks will. Do you remember those t-shirts that said, um, like, basketball is life. Volleyball is life. Football is life. I mean, I guess only a high schooler could appreciate those things. Uh, but but um, uh, my, my, dad, my dad was like, you, you can't have one of those t-shirts. Basketball's not life, you moron. Don't say that to your kids, by the way. <laughs> but, th- but think about this. If, you, if your career is life, right? If your wealth stash is life, if your newfound love, boyfriend, spouse, whatever, is life, then when you lose it, it's not just grief. You have lost the center of life. Um, I get this from Corey Tenboom. She says this, you may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have left. And the idols, <laughs> he says, run to your collection of idols. Um, if you want to know where your true God is, it, 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 it's very hard to understand those like when life is winning um, I, I've only been able to truly get these things when, when everything starts to fray. Um, just, just look where you run. And this is a helpful tool for me. I mean, it's, it's no fun sometimes doing this, but, but um, when I'm worried and then I see where my heart starts to chase and creep towards, that, that's an idol that I've, I've collected. Um, when I'm angry 
and I start to chase it back and I say, oh, what am I truly defending? Oh, that's another idol I've collected. Um, when people talk poorly of me and criticize me and dismiss me, um, there's two things here. What's my armor? Like, how do I feel better about myself? How do I protect myself from those, those horrible things that are said? Well, whatever my armor is, whatever my self-justifications are, oh, that's another collected idol of mine. And then there's the weapon. What am I going to do to strike back and show power against this thing that has been mean to me? And then whatever I think is powerful is another collected idol that I just run to. Um, Isaiah, in another portion of Isaiah, he says this, Oh, Israel, oh, Israel, you have collected more idols than towns in Judah. <laughs> oh, Tim, oh, Tim, you have collected more idols than towns in Judah. Let me give you some examples. Um, I, uh, uh, this is, this is, may happen to you. Um, you're going to have injury, and it's going to affect health. It's going to affect long-term health, long-standing pain. In, in one case, I'm thinking of this lady, she was disfigured. And she said, my whole life, I was thinking of beauty, 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 beauty. Beauty would get me here. Beauty would give me access. Beauty would give me superiority. Beauty. And she said, now I'm living with disfigurement, and beauty doesn't do anything. Let, let, let's talk about uh, age. Um, uh, uh, y- 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 there's, you know, pro athletes will be like, do I always have to be the memory of me? I'm out of shape now. My joints don't work. I'm limping. Uh, do I... Do I always just have to be the memory of being? And I can't. I can't keep up the athleticism. I can't be in shape. I get old. I'm, everything's starting to fall apart. Um, and there, there, there was another situation. I, I, was, I was with a guy with his mom. She's in the hospital, and she's going septic. And if you're in the medical field, you know um, if, if you have sepsis and it keeps on going, it's like all these, it, it's, 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 it's a bad horror movie. Like it just starts turning black and it, it's gross, okay? And he told his mom, he goes, Mom, I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna be here with you. And then he had to make the decision of like, oh, this has gone too far. And he had to make the decision and he had to leave. There was a point where he, her treasured son, couldn't be with her. She could never walk death's road with her. It was gonna be alone. Uh, um, let's talk about grief. Um, you know, uh, I think most of us have, have gone through this when someone we love dies. Um, sometimes sometimes uh, you think, oh, uh, d- let me just ask you this. Did your career help you when your grand died? D- did all your money help you when, when someone you loved died? They didn't, it didn't help you. It couldn't go there. Or, or how about this? And this is, I've seen this happen. What if your reason for living, the thing that like stabilizes all of us, what if that is the thing that's in the coffin? Um, ex-failure, what about this? Um, some of us like to think that we're, we're just morally excellent and noble and nice people. Some of us have said, my professional achievements are going to be kind of a statement about the kind of person I am. Some of us have said that my kids are going to just be this reflection of what a great parent I am. 
And then when it goes off the rails, you know what? You know what? I've heard many times. You know what? This failure is very public, and I can never forgive myself. I can never forgive myself. Even if you, and you know what they might even say? They might even say this um, I know that God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Who's their God? It's themselves. They can't forgive because idols will always punish. They can never forgive. Um, God is the only thing you will never, ever lose. All right. All that pain. There are good ways and bad ways, right? It shows our idols, and then there are good ways to ponder it, ponder it, ponder it. Ponder what it takes to be contrite and look, ponder it. Um, it may show you, I'm just saying this, and this is what Isaiah, it may show you what you're really like, and you might even see it for the first time in your life. Um, let's look at this third area, why we can deal with it and why Jesus is joy to the world in suffering. Okay, verses one and two again, love it. The righteous man perishes, no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. Now this. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds. This is what Christianity is going to tell you. And we get this from Isaiah, is if, if God is protecting you, even through suffering, he is protecting you from something worse. Um, if I have you and you have me, only peace is ahead and even death will be like a little nap. Where do I get that? Mark 5. We have a dead little girl on our hands in Mark 5. And Jesus sits down and he takes her hand. And if you're a dad or mom, you kind of get this. He uses the pet name. It's almost like honey or sweetie. I mean, it's boo-boo in my house. He says, Talithia kum. Hey, Honey, sweetie, boo-boo. Time to get up. That's it. And she gets up, and he pulls her through the greatest enemy of all humanity. Sweetie, time to get up. He's saying this, if I have your hand, even death is a nap. It's a nap. <laughs> you know, if I sit down with people, sometimes I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And they're like, I could lose my job, I could use my girl, lose my girlfriend, my boyfriend, like, I could, all these horrible things could happen. I could even die today. You know, you eventually ramp up to like, I could, I could die. This happened. 
And he says, yeah, that's like a nap. Now, how will God treat us? This, is, this happens in the rest of Isaiah 57. Even with things that we do on purpose, he says this, I've seen his ways, and it's talking about the bad things we do, and I will heal him. Now, why would he say that? You guys are gonna love this part. Because he's near the crushed. Why is he near the crushed? Isaiah 53 says this, and it uses the same word contrite. He was contrite for our iniquities. Have you heard it that way? No, you hadn't heard it that way. He was crushed for our iniquities. Same word. And because he was crushed and abandoned, what? When we are crushed, he will never, ever leave you. Never. Um, that's how Jesus is joy to the world. The greatest lowness will be cheered up and it will be brought up. Time to get up. All right, last, last thing I, I, in, in here. All right, um, I, have, I have a love-hate, mostly hate relationship with Christian bookstores. Uh, and I gotta, I'll probably admit that publicly. And especially like all the art. And I, can, I, can I use quotes? All the art you get at Christian bookstores. And, and it's like... Um, Someone gave Thomas Kincaid access to an airbrush and t-shirts and it was just, and everything's glowing, like the light sources are glowing. I, it's, it's, I, it's sentimental art, I hate it. Can I say that? Okay, please don't buy me anything from, please don't buy me any art from, please, I, I will pay you to not buy it for me. Think of how much money you could get. Okay, I saw one and I hated that I liked the idea. It was still bad art. You know what it was? It was, it, was a, it was the picture of the manger. And it's glowing too much. And there's soft pastels. And the weight, it was, it's, it was badly done. But you know what's funny? Is the shadow of the manger is a cross. We can't think of Christmas without saying, I am receiving the death sentence already entering into humanity where the curse is death. I can't think of Christmas without thinking of the shadow of the cross. That's how Jesus is joy to the world, right? Oh, it is through this baby that my problems are not gonna be the end of me. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, um, you are joy to the world in suffering. And I barely believe that. So help us believe it. In Jesus' name, amen.